Welcome to the Next Chapter Podcast. Whether you were going from high school to college, from college to the real world, from nine to five to entrepreneur, or literally anything in between, we are here to help you turn the page from dreams to reality. Welcome back, everyone, to the Next Chapter Podcast, where we help turn the page from dreams to reality. Today, we're back in Jordan Peterson. Pause. We're back in his book, 12 Rules for Life, and we're in Chapter 3 today. Make friends with people who want the best for you. Who wants to give this synopsis of what happened in the chapter? I can take it. So, Pause. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) He said he can take it. Pause. All right. So in this chapter, um, Jordan just gives an overview of basically his childhood, his background um, to set up the main message for this chapter of, you know, support or have people around you that support you and want the best for you. He's talking about how he grew up around friends that um, weren't the best people to be around and just learn from a young age that you want to be around people that are going to inspire you, people that are going to root for you when you're successful, people that get sad when you are down and you're experiencing negative moments in life, um, just ride or die people. And the whole message of this of this chapter and this rule is basically you want to f- surround yourself with the right people, but you are in no way entitled to surround yourself with people that are going to bring you down, be negative, be a leech. That is not your obligation. That is not your resp- responsibility. And you should get away from those people as quickly as possible. So I had something I want to point out. Um, in the chapter, he there's a quote I pulled out. Although we had traveled a long distance, we had gone nowhere at all. And this was a story when he's talking about his friends that he grew up with. Um, They wanted to go to a different town, experience something new. And they went there and they still, his friends still went to their old ways. They're smoking weed and just not doing what Jordan embodied and what he wanted to embody in his life. And I thought that was very powerful because sometimes in life, we think that if we change our environment, but still have the same people around us that we're going to change. But that's not always the case. Like you can go far, but if you still have negative people around you or negative thoughts in your mind, it could be yourself. You're really not going to change just because the environment around you changes. Mm -hmm. And in the book, he had those, his friends were Carl and Ed who were, and Chris who were potheads and they smoked all the time. And he had gotten away from that when he had moved on from that. I found it interesting how his friends still came back and expected to do the same behavior with him, mm-hmm. but he had changed and he was in college and he was doing well for himself and his friends were still stuck in that same place. Do you think if someone in the past, now that we're on our own entrepreneur, entrepreneurship journey, do you think if someone from the past came back and was stuck in negative habits and dragging you down, what would you say to them? Would you have the courage to do what Peter did or what Jordan did and tell them to leave his house? I mean, I think it depends. I know that it would be rare for me to put myself in a situation in which my visions don't align with someone else, especially if I know that they're stuck in their old habits. Um, I'm thinking of one friend in particular, and um, he was never a drug addict or anything yeah, like yeah. that. I'm not, but I'm, not, I'm not saying a drug addict. I'm saying like, so we used to play video games, me and you, mm-hmm. a lot as kids. What if 
say one of our friends from when we were 10 came back and was still just playing video games all the time, and that's how all he expected to do for us. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking of that friend right now, and I would try to be a positive impact on him. Yeah, and but would you be able, what I'm saying is, would you be able to tell him, like, I'm not about that anymore? 100%. Because I've changed, but is that must be, like, different for him, because that's all he knows you as, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think, I think people realize themselves that they have not changed when they can look at someone else and be like, oh my gosh, they've changed so much. And I think they can resent that person. And I think that's sometimes what leads to relationships being bad between people when they do rekindle something. But if there is no bad blood there, I would try to positively impact that life. And then if nothing happens, I would say, yeah, this isn't worth my time anymore. Yeah. I think you can pick up really quickly, whether it's a new person, an old friend or a recurring friend, like first impressions are huge or a second mm -hmm. first impression. You can pretty much, most people I would say in the first like 30 minutes with someone pick up on who they are, what they stand for, what kind of person they are. And having this skill is so important because you know, now there's not a, a reason to do a second date or a second hangout or whatever it is, like who this person is, their role in your life, if they are not up to your standards and vice versa. I think it's best for both parties. If there is some kind of disconnection, you just don't continue it any further. Because number one, for you, if you are on an upward trend and the other person's on a downward trend, for you, that's going to be helpful for you because you're not having any negative thoughts, negative impressions come into your mind, body, daily actions. For that person that's going down, these people are addicted to negative moments. So if you fail, they're going to bring you down even further. If you're successful, they're going to envy you and try to pull you down. So that person just goes further, further down. And there's a quote that David Goggins says is, I'd rather you love me and get, or hate me and get better than love me and stay the same. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost better to slam the door on someone and say, I'm not going to associate myself with you. I'm not going to be involved with you because you need to change. And I'm not going to be the person that sticks up for or st sticks around for that. Yeah, good answer. In the chapter, he also talks about Sometimes these people could be like close friends or family members to you when they see you doing better and they see you chasing your dreams, but they're still stuck in the same place. People notice that gap between you and them. And then there becomes envy between the two people and almost a you're hoping for that person to fail because mm -hmm. if they succeed, they just keep getting further from you. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever experienced anything like that before? Yeah, I would say um, from people who I, I thought were friends in school, um, definitely would embody some of those characteristics. And I think a lot of it just stems from jealousy. And it's such a common emotion in today's yeah. society because you'll see, like, it's very easy to see when someone's doing well. People can fake it too. Like, that's very important to point out. On social media or something, like, you can see if someone's living a good life that could be better than yours. And a lot of that when you see that it comes with jealousy like why am i not there i think i'm better than them mm -hmm. all these emotions just come into your mind so when that person if you know them personally and they say to you hey i just got this new job or i just bought a new car and if you openly express like jealousy to that person it's it's super negative it just shows like 
that is not a relationship that needs to continue. The people, and this is an important lesson for everyone, like going through high school, college, after college, if people are around you and instead you say to them, hey, I got a new job, and that person, instead of saying like, oh man, like I'm still unemployed and they turn on themselves, if they say instead like, oh, that's awesome, like how quickly can you get promoted? Because you deserve a promotion already. Like they want to see more out of you. Those are the people you need to be around. Yeah, that's great. I think there has been times in my life where when explaining goals or something, people are scared of them and they automatically put them down because it, it's something that does make them envious. And I have heard, I heard something today where someone said, so people are jealous of you because they know you in person and they know there's probably nothing special about you. And that means they can do the exact same mm -hmm. thing that you did. They just did not do it. Yep. Maybe they're scared to do it. Maybe they, I don't even know, don't want to jump into the unknown, but they know deep down that it's possible because they see someone right in front of their eyes who has done it. And that's a big source of resentment and envy that comes from these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the flip side, have you guys ever been in a position where you're envious of someone because they're doing better? Definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Give me some examples. I think social media is a big one, but I want to say close friends, people you know. Um, be honest. Yeah, in, in high school or in college, people who got accepted into medical school, mm -hmm. I was super envious of that because... To me, it seemed like a whole world of a weight was lifted off their shoulders when it seemed like it would be smooth sailing ever since they got that acceptance letter. Yeah, um, That was something I can think of, but probably not. I, I don't know anyone who's been super wealthy monetarily or something where who's had physical objects that I would be super envious of, but maybe accomplishments like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say something similar like in college because I was a transfer student, like I saw people ahead of me in my first year or two in college. Like I was getting into the program, like I was taking classes for the first time and people my age, my class were even younger, they were getting internships and jobs and doing all this fun stuff. And I was just like, I got nothing of that right now. I, like, I had to work so much harder. And there was definitely jealousy because I thought I had like a lot more to offer, but I didn't have as much experience as they did. Um, and when I saw that, it was a big like realization because instead of if they, they, these people were friends or had like classes with them or something, instead of being like, hey, I'm happy for you, instead I'm thinking to myself, like, that should have been me. Like, I should have that. And it's good to have that competitive side to you, but at the same time, like, it should be more of an acceptance and like respect for them for doing good instead right. of like, mm -hmm. now I'm bad and I'm immediately thinking about myself. Right. Yeah. I've heard that, you know, there's, different routes to get to the peak of the mountain and you never know what someone went through how long they've been on their yeah. journey to get to where they are now so to avoid envy it's you can't compare yourself to others you have to compare yourself to who you were last year last mm -hmm. week yesterday and then hopefully that'll solve your problems of feeling envious because you'll be able to reflect and realize how far you've came yeah what are you matt i've i felt the same way in college with people who especially had set plans with what they wanted to do in the future because I felt like I was so unsure in what I wanted to do and where I wanted to pursue. I knew medicine was like the only path. It was the only path that I thought of mm -hmm. and it was the only path that I thought
thought that I was going to go. I didn't think I'd take a gap year. And I remember I saw my friend, he was, he was going to work at this or not. He had an internship with an investing, um, an investing group at Penn State. And he, he got it, and it's really hard to get. It's very competitive, and you're basically guaranteed a job on Wall Street after that. And I was like, I was like man, like, like, I work so hard. My major is so much more difficult. I do all this and his life started and I was just like like why am I thinking like that mm-hmm. and that's when I really realized how fixed my mindset was instead of growth oriented because for me to think that someone that's not even my field I become envious of someone yeah. because they have success and there's not enough success to go around it just made me think that I'm envious of someone because I feel like I'm inferior now and it, it, it's odd because it does happen to people close to you, but I think it's because of how limited your mindset is. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. And one thing that he always harps on this chapter, this rule, is talking about how like down is much easier to go than up. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get more upset, more anxious. Like If you're going to pull out your phone, let's say, and you had five, I give you a five-minute timer, and you could scroll on social media, the news, YouTube, Instagram, whatever... After those five minutes, do you think you'd be more likely to be happy or sad or like anxious? What emotion would you feel? So I deleted social media. I deleted a lot of social medias because it did give give me that envious, non-productive feeling. So I would probably go on YouTube and I would either watch something that would not make me envious Mm -hmm just that would give me no substance at all or I'd watch something super motivational. So the honest answer would probably be inspired. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, at least like you understand that the common answer would be like if you didn't delete anything, it would be negative emotions. Right. That's how most people are. And when you go through life like that, like constantly watching the news or – social media also has like a negative algorithm and you go through seeing that every day people that are negative just get more negative negative. Mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. they try to do is they try to feed negativity into happy people successful people 100 and i think a lot of reason these relationships are formed between someone that's going up and someone's going down is that person going down really wants to pull them down with them mm-hmm. and they want to show like the world is a terrible place and I'm going to prove it because I'm going to take this person that's so great and I'm going to tell them that the world is so evil and I'm going to be the one that brings them down. And I'm going to prove everything that I think about the world right because nobody is worthy of success. Nobody can achieve it. Um, And it's an easy path to go because it's so easy to see negativity. It's so easy to go that route. Mm -hmm. It's hard to go the opposite. Yeah. I think even too being someone who would be that person who's pulling down someone who's in such an elevated position, I think maybe it's not even conscious. They yeah. do it subconsciously because their ego is trying to save themselves from feeling hurt that they haven't achieved what that other person has. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem because we take in so much negativity throughout the day that it makes us like you said, more negative outward. Mm-hmm. And the reason is negativity is the thing that drives viewerships and um it's what helps media 
keep the viewers coming back because it's like what do i need to worry about now if mm -hmm. there was a bunch of positivity out in the world oh another cat saved from a tree yeah that's not going to do very much yeah, yeah. And, and but like all these shootings that are happening here in texas yep yeah it's getting a lot of public attention mm -hmm. yeah the modern day media was literally built off of the quote if it bleeds it leads like the more negative you yeah. can show like people will come to it so mm -hmm. it's it's crazy just the influence that is upon us right now and how easy it is to go downwards question for you guys is being on an upward track if you encounter someone let's say it's someone new like it could be a potential friend potential co-worker and you could tell that they are struggling they're going down whether it's emotionally mentally like they're just negative how do you draw the line between i want to help this person and I want to make sure they're not pulling me down with them. That is a great question. I think it's very hard to tell what what to do in that situation. Honestly, I really don't know the line that I would draw because I really like to help people. Like I I I want to see everybody doing good and I hate when someone's in like some sort of bad situation. So I really don't know what the line would be. I guess when it starts impacting you in a negative way, I don't know what that negative way would be, but whenever you feel that you've had enough and there's too much give in one way and you're doing too much and not getting anything in return, like I'm, and not like that, not like a transaction, but it's just draining for you in every aspect. But it should be though. Like hypothetically, if, you're just giving, 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 and there's no one giving anything back. Like that is a transaction. It's a very negative transaction for you. Yeah. You know, like you don't want to see like someone needs to give something to me, but at the same time, if it's just emptying you, then like there's no benefit. I, I really don't know. Like I, I don't know how to answer that question. I think there's a very arbitrary line that I couldn't tell the difference of either. I think maybe if I could open my eyes and, see something like concrete like he's whoever it is is being disrespectful mm -hmm. or i leave this conversation or i leave this encounter more upset than i was and if that's like a repeated thing over and over again then maybe i would open my eyes and realize that i mean i would say i cut off a lot of people in my mm -hmm. career <laughs> in my lifetime in my college lifetime as well um, and I think it's just a lot of reflection on, do you know what you want? Yeah. And I think whenever you know that you're going to know who's right for you and who's not right. right for you, because I think you can always see people's intentions. Yeah. Matt, where do you draw the line? Or do you know where to draw the line? So before reading this, I would have no idea. Cause I think it's a very gray area. Like, like you said, you want to help people, but at the same time, like you don't want to bring yourself down. So like yeah. the line is hard to define. There's one quote that really, that's why I'm asking this question. It really stuck with me. Are you so sure the person crying out to be saved has not decided a thousand times to accept his loss of pointlessness and worse, worsening suffering simply because it's easier than shouldering any true responsibility? So I think when you see someone that's on a downward trend, you encounter them. Mm -hmm. If this person just doesn't take responsibility for the way of their life, that is when you don't have any obligation to help them. If someone is broke, like, yeah, it would, be, it would be great to help that person. But if they're like, instead of saying, I want to create an opportunity for myself, the job market's terrible. There's a recession right now. Oh, I have so many expensive expenses. I have debt. They're not taking any responsibility. Like, they're 
just playing the victim card for it. Mm-hmm. If it's someone that is emotionally damaged and they're blaming other people for hurting them, they're blaming the news, they're blaming all this stuff, but they've never <clears throat> tried to journal or meditate on their own. They've never tried counseling. Like they are not taking any responsibility for their lives. And I think that is where you get into a very tough situation where it's hard for you to come in and help them. And they're just going to bring you down because it's hard for someone that doesn't assume responsibility for anything to end up doing it and change their life around just because of one person. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It reminds me of a person like in just thinking about that, I would say like, then you would try to help them like assume responsibility. But once people are stuck in their ways, it's really hard to change that. Um, Steve will do it. For Mm. example, he helped out a homeless guy, Yeah. Mm. bought him everything, got him a job, got him a house. Yeah. Got him a house, a really nice house to stay or a condo or whatever it's called. And with all of that, too, he didn't show up to work. He didn't assume responsibility for his life. And he went right back to the streets from going to the streets, begging for money to having Everything. thousands of dollars in allowance, no rent to pay, a house over your head, a steady job. And all you had to do was go to work. Mm-hmm. And you, it was in your own hands to change your life. And yet no responsibility. Yeah. I think that's a perfect example of someone who's just going to keep going down, 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 and down. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it is that people have different levels of responsibility? Some people are so responsible and have been like, I feel like parents say you can tell what the kid's going to be like when they're really young. Do you think the level of responsibility is something that is given or it's something that's taught over time? Mm, That's a good question. I think taught, I think a lot comes with like childhood and stuff. Um, But also just like what influences are are around you in those pivotal years of like elementary school, middle school, because that's when you start to get introduced to like, like we're talking about the media and stuff that's really gonna have a negative impression on you. It's very easy to play a victim card when you realize what society is really like. You can go out and say like all this negative stuff about the world around us because there's, I can't even, there's infinite problems around us right now. And you can blame all of those things that take no responsibility or you can step up and say like, it's my responsibility to create the best life for myself to raise my standards and become excellent. I think it comes with a lot of parental guidance. I think it comes with a lot of like mentors or teachers or whatever, um, just molding you into that in your pivotal years like that. I think, I think it comes with self-reflection. I think people change their lives when they're 50 years old. Um, I've heard people who've, or I've met people who've got out of jail when they were 40 years old and decided to change their whole life around. All they ever knew was drugs and all this stuff, and then they come out a whole different person. Not like they had parental guidance or anything yeah. shaping them. It was just a lot of self-reflection, and they took that time to realize they didn't want to be that person anymore. So I think your environment molds your responsibilities. If you're put in a situation where you have to reflect. Um, that will ultimately determine the level of responsibility that you'll have. But I think some people, too, going back to that homeless guy, just feel so helpless to the point where maybe they don't think deep down that they should be in the position. Mm -hmm. And there's that kind of like cognitive dissonance where you feel like where you're in a position where you have all these things, but in your mind you don't believe you should have that. So your outward reality makes 
you believe that you shouldn't that, that you shouldn't have it so it makes it come to fruition yeah i originally i would have said it's more of consequences as a result of your actions and then you learn better mm-hmm. from there but when you bring up that homeless guy i would assume from my perspective at least that you're already being punished enough with homelessness and extreme poverty that you would, at the first chance, want to take an opportunity to be responsible to write your own story. But apparently that's not evident with him because he didn't want to. He didn't want to take that next step for himself to assume responsibility. So I would have originally thought it's punishment, but... I mean, yeah, there's outliers in data. That is true. Yeah, for sure. And when I was reading this, like, I think a lot of people can think that the message could be cruel to cut people out and to try to create a more tight inner circle uh, by removing people. And like, it can be seen as cruel, but at the same time, like, it's what we have to do to get to where we want to be. Like, you can't just keep getting pulled down the whole time. And he mentioned somewhere that these people that you cut out because they're not fit to where you are going right now, a lot of these people are looking for an example. And if you can't directly help them and say like, hey, like let me sit down with you an hour every week and try to help you with your financial situation and just constantly going through that cycle, what if you instead, you cut them off, they continue to follow you, they know who you are, and you create so much financial success for you that they look at you and they're like, that's possible. Like he wasn't just kidding, like he did it. And now the person's inspired to go do it themselves. So I think, you can kind of put your mind at ease if you're kind of worried about being cruel, cutting people off. Like instead of that, think, yeah, maybe you don't fit me in this chapter of my life right now, but let me go prove to you what's possible. Let me be the example for you. And then now you're going to want to be lifted up. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I also think people have to realize, and I heard it in Jay Shetty's book, think like a monk, things are temporary in life. Everything is temporary. You're temporary on this earth, but the person you're going to be with the longest is yourself. So you can't expect people to always be there. First of all, death is a very real possibility. and It can always happen, and that could change people's lives. But you need to do what's best for you in the situation because ultimately it's your life and not anybody else's. People aren't always guaranteed to be there. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely a positive if you have to cut people off for anyone that's, I guess, thinking about doing it because you are doing it for yourself. If there's no malicious intent behind whatever you're doing and you're strictly doing it to better yourself because you know you can be more productive and be better if if that person or these people aren't holding you back, then I think a good perspective to look at it from is be an example for some people because I think a lot of the time... For people who are stuck, it's very hard for them to see the other side or any up upside on opportunity if they've never seen someone or known someone to do it. Yeah, It's easy to like go on Instagram because it seems like everyone has a Ferrari or everyone has a nice AP and a Rolex. Like It seems like that on any social media where so many people are so successful... And it's so saturated there. But in your own life, like how many people do you actually know like that? And I think for a lot of people, it's hard for them to see themselves as successful. So because they don't have anyone around them that's doing it. So be that example for people. Yeah, like that. What advice would you give to someone who wants to 
think more positively so they can have better relationships with people and invite new richer friends into their life because if someone is let's say like they're watching the news they're keeping up with politics and they're on social media they see all the negative that happens and they just become inherently very negative what would you say to that person to escape that cycle so they can kind of change their mindset i would say surround yourself with a better environment if you're going to be constantly exposed to all these negative events and all the political debates then when you go talk to someone you have a higher chance of bringing it up than someone who doesn't know anything about it and if you're constantly in the loop with these circles of these different events that shape your reality in a negative way then you're going to be talking about them more and then you're going to attract people that talk about them more as well so it's going to be a constant cycle of you're stuck talking to people who believe or who keep up with the things that are negative and it's going to be more negative around you. So I think a big thing is change your environment. Where, where are good things at? Um, bookstores? <laughs> the grocery store? I don't know. I really don't know where, where you find good people. But go find them I at. feel like there's a lot of groups online like women empowering group, that one person you just had on your podcast, mm -hmm. all these different things. I think there's, it, it, it's totally dependent on you to choose where you get your source of information from. First of all, if you're seeing all these negative sources, unfollow that, block those things. There's a thing on Instagram on your For You page that says, don't show me this or things like this or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, click on that and then change that and start following more positive accounts if people are being outwardly negative, maybe first of all, try to tell them, hey, I'm trying to do this thing where I am trying to surround myself with more positivity. Can we try to be more positive? Have those hard conversations. Right, with I ain't people. gonna lie, nobody gonna do that. Yeah, Eric. but but that's the thing, have those hard conversations with people. And maybe that's the thing, if they're not gonna be willing to do that or they think you're goofy for wanting to even try that, maybe those people aren't right for your life. And then you take it to the extreme of, all right, bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think a big thing is just like live a more interesting life. I think people that get so wrapped up in like yeah. the news, like they just don't have, they have so much free time. So they get consumed with it. Mm -hmm. But like get a hobby. Like what are you doing in your job that's interesting? Like when you talk to people, you're probably burning a lot of bridges because you're talking about negative things or things that just like nobody wants to talk about. But if you have like, Maybe like you, we just talked about pickleball the other day. Like what if you yeah. just start playing pickleball and like now you can bring people to play pickleball. You can talk about like how great it's been for you. Like go to the gym. Like you can't watch the news in the gym. Like go just like lift some weights, run on the treadmill, whatever. I think just putting better things into your day that can make you a more interesting person will open up a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Go to a rodeo. Yeah. Whatever it is. Go to a bookstore. Go to Walmart. Maybe not Walmart. Go to Target. <laughs> be more interesting in the book he says a quote that talks about it being easier to be stuck in a relationship aka like a friend relationship that's toxic instead of leaving that friend because it's easier he says you're associating with people who are bad for you not because it's better for anyone but because it's easier you're all bound by an implicit contract you've decided to sacrifice the future to the present yeah. Do you guys agree that it's easier to stay friends, I guess, or in a relationship with someone who's toxic as opposed to leave them? 100%. Yes. 
there's no debate about that. I think that's why people stay in abusive relationships too, because it's, I, 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 reading Jay Shetty's book, The Eight Rules of Love, they themselves, let's just speak about domestic violence, they themselves, because they're experiencing this, don't think that they are capable uh, or they're worthy of anything more than what they're receiving right now. So to them, there's no point in leaving and they might not find someone else after that. Yep. So in that relationship, I think that's an interesting dynamic because obviously it's toxic, outward looking, but when you're in it, it's just so much easier to hope that things will get better even though you know they won't and you're just gonna keep going in this cycle, it's easier to be complacent than to be real with yourself. Mm -hmm. yep. I can't remember if Jordan mentions this, but the word that comes to mind is loyalty. Like how many times do you say justifyingly why you're doing something for someone because, oh, I've known them from middle school. Or like right. you're I, inviting people to a wedding, like, oh, they were my friend in like third grade, I should probably include <laughs> them. Like it's always like a timeline attached to it. And if a person, you have a timeline, a history with someone, automatically people think you you owe them to still have that relationship mm -hmm. or if someone like they're being negative maybe it's a girlfriend like oh we've been together for three years though like we we have such a history together like i just owe it to them to keep going like i think that's the reason is because you grow and develop a relationship with that person but like you grow they grow you might move in opposite directions but people still think you got to move together yeah do you guys have any advice for anyone who is stuck, let's say in a friendship that is more so negative? They want to change, but they, they're still doing the same thing because it, it's that friendship that they grew up with that they know that's, that's common for both of them. But one of them wants to change, someone wants to get out of it, but they don't know how to tell bro, like, hey, yeah. you're not good for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard for a lot of people just to get up and leave and text them right now and say like, we're not gonna be friends anymore. Like it's tough for a lot of people to do and I understand that. I think the easiest way and the best way to go about this for most people is just cut down on the frequency. If you see someone once a week, how can you cut it down to once a month? And then that will truly show like, okay, maybe they will be good in your life for once a month. Maybe you have a good conversation about the sports games going on and you go for lunch an hour a month and that's good. But as you do it four times a month, you talk about all this other crazy stuff. Um, maybe it's a friend that you see every single day. How can you reduce that to once a week? And then you can kind of see and analyze, is this fueling me? Is this you know taken away from me? Does they Do they serve a purpose in this reduced role or should I get rid of them completely? It's a lot easier to remove someone from your life that you only see once or twice a month compared to someone you see every day. So I would say cut it back first. Above all, guys, I hope this really shows the importance of have friends around you who genuinely want the best for you. There's not going to be very many people out there that fully support what you do, to be completely honest. But those people who are very real and want to stick by your side and want to support you no matter what, trust those people. And those are the homies for life. Keep them close. And keep them close. That's been it for this episode of the podcast, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you for chapter four.